Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As the Bucks uh, hang on to beat the Raptors 115 108, it was probably a little bit closer than it really felt it should have been down the stretch, Frank. But I, I don't even want to mess around here. I don't want to beat around the bushes, I would say. Let's get straight to the point. Giannis finished with uh, what, what did he finish with here? 24 points, 18 rebounds. Nine assists. He could have had the triple-double, but Drew Holiday missed an absolute bunny, which actually felt like it could have been kind of critical. So my question to you, Frank Madden, is are you on the campaign trail to trade Drew Holiday out of Milwaukee? Well, you know how much I care about Giannis' stats. Um, <laughs> I'd like to focus on the positive, which was Torrey Craig, uh, after the Bucks had sort of beaten the, the press, literally in the waiting seconds of the game, just hands off to Giannis for a dunk that, you know, may, may have been a little unnecessary. But um, Torrey Craig getting those those couple cheapy points for Giannis there at the end, um, mm-hmm. that's what I want to focus on. And, uh, uh, you know, Torrey Craig, I haven't talked to you since Torrey Craig yeah. suddenly started to play basketball for the Bucks again. I Sad I, I missed episode 1000 with Eric um, on Sunday. But, um, but yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, um, nice to see Tory Craig. It was not just a one, a one game, a one game appearance. Uh, he, he came in and was again, the backup for tonight and, um, played some, some crucial minutes late in the game as well there as he, he closed it, uh, against the Toronto team that I think, you know, it was, it was a good test for the Bucks. Obviously Toronto has not been great. They are now seven and 11. Um, they're in that weird position playing in Tampa because of, you know, COVID and the impracticality of trying to ferry NBA teams up to Toronto and across the border uh, just wasn't really workable. So weird, weird season for Toronto, obviously so far, um, no OG and OB tonight, but overall, obviously we know that this team can do, we know how well they're coached. Um, they hit 22 out of 55 threes tonight, uh, which I don't, is that the most threes anybody's attempted against the Bucks this season? It, I, I, I don't recall a number mm. quite that high. Um, so they obviously hit a ton of them. Um, but you know, I think when you look at the kind of what the takeaways were, I think it's a pretty good win for the Bucks, as you said. Um, you know, they were kind of playing from the front for the vast majority of this game. Toronto did come back, I think, but they led at one point in the fourth quarter. I think was it in the fourth quarter or late third? They had a like a one point lead at one point. But um, kudos to the Bucks. I thought they showed good composure and um, Chris Middleton making some big plays late, including a very big three. And, uh, you know, Bucks sort of kept them, kept them at arm's length down the stretch. And, um, you know, I thought that it was a, a, a very solid road win for a Bucks team that obviously, you know, has not been able to pull out victories against a number of, I'd say, kind of good, again, because it's called a sort of a measuring stick game. But obviously, this is a team that knows them very well. We know that Nick Nurse is, is not going to just play 
his vanilla style against anyone, let alone the Bucks. And we saw kind of different looks from from them tonight. Furbit his own, and I thought the Bucks generally looked pretty comfortable and um, you know worked worked through what they saw and uh, some sloppiness at, at various points, but ultimately coming away with a, a quality win. I would have described Giannis' game as pretty patient, and I, you know, he ended up finishing with five turnovers. He didn't have a single turnover at halftime, which was a really nice number. And uh, there was a couple of turnovers late in the game that certainly uh, bumped up that number a little bit. Five is a bit above where he's been sitting for the season so far, but he really was facilitating nicely. He had a number of great bounce passes where he's able to find cutters going to the basket uh, or in pick and roll situations. And I think I kind of really, really love the fact that he could have got up a lot of those threes that we've seen him take. He only attempted one three. He missed that one. Uh, And I like that also in the mid range, there was a couple of opportunities where he was left open one point uh, one that stands out to me in particular was when he was completely wide open. Aaron Baines made a, a late yeah. closeout and Giannis said, right, I'm going to put it on the floor and finished with a, a layup. And yeah, Baines hasn't exactly had a great season defensively or, or on either end, really. He got dunked on again by Giannis tonight uh, on a lob. But those types of things and those decisions that he was making, uh, there was another play that I loved when Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were in a little two-man game. Uh, Drew Holiday tried to post up Chris. He found a bit of attention, kicked it back out. To, uh, to Drew Holiday and then in the process Giannis was able to uh, get a deep catch when the help came uh, to Drew Holiday to close out on his three-point shot he found Giannis and he dropped in a little hook shot so uh, I just thought overall in terms of decision making and perhaps in situations previously where Giannis might have just jacked up a jump shot uh, he wasn't doing that tonight and I, I thought that was really uh, noteworthy that he was playing the patient game which is not always uh, something he's been known for yeah and I think the you know you look at his shot chart um he only took three shots outside well i guess five technically outside the restricted area but a couple of them were literally like right outside um but only two only three shots outside the paint um he had a turnaround baseline jumper from the post in the first quarter um did miss uh, another mid-ranger um but other than that just that one long three and otherwise yeah he was kind of in attack mode and uh uh, toronto you have to give them credit i mean i thought you know, they defend the room pretty well. Um, yeah. They're obviously a well-coached team. They're, they're not just going to, you know, if you, if you beat your first man, there's generally going to be more guys behind them. So they're not easy in, in that regard. Um, but Bucks, you know, 40 points in the paint for them, not great. But fortunately, they really held up on, on the other end as they only allowed 26 points in the paint for Toronto, just 10 out of 12 from the free throw line. I think, you know, sometimes when we talk about paint points, you know, you, I always like to look at it in concert with free throws. Because again, if if they're just you know if you're just having to hack away to prevent layups, um, you know you can kind of deflate your your paint points allowed, but jack up your free throws. And I thought tonight, I mean, the fact that they only allowed you know, 12 free throw attempts on top of 26 paint points. I mean, this this game really was all about those threes for uh, for the, the Raptors. And um, you know, we always think of Giannis being in that more help defensive role, but you know, Pascal Siakam, uh, five out of 12. 11 points, no free throws, uh, minus 17. You know, I thought it was very obvious <laughs> who the more dominant player was in that matchup. They obviously defended each other for, for much of the night. And um, I thought, you know, again, Siakam hasn't had a great year. He's been I think, showing some signs of late. But on a night when uh, Norm Powell goes in the starting lineup and scores 26 points on 13 shots, just doing his usual Bucks killer thing, just, I mean, geez, this is like – 
when he misses, it's like, you know, you almost don't even believe it. Right. Um, you know, Powell, Powell hits five out of seven threes, Lowry, six out of eight from three, 21 points. It felt like every time he got the ball in the fourth quarter, he was, um, shooting off the, off a screen or off a dribble off, off a pick and roll and pulling up and hitting a three and bucks had to sort of weather that. But, um, you know, other than that, I thought the defense on Siakam was, was really good. I thought Van Vliet, they defended well, but you know, two out of 11 from three for him, you know, we know what, what he can do. Uh, uh, I guess he didn't have a baby recently. Right. So uh, <laughs> unlike that playoff series and he had his kid and uh, couldn't miss a three for, for a week straight. Uh, he obviously was, was, uh, re- had a really rough night shooting. So, um, so yeah, I, I thought again, you know, the, a very big all around stat line for, for Giannis and 38 minutes and, um, you know, clearly Bud was extending, uh, those main guys down the stretch, Middleton, 35, holiday, 35 and Brooke Lopez, 32 minutes, eight out of 11 from the field, 20 points, seven rebounds, um, one block, but it was a big one on Siakam late in the fourth quarter. And, you know, again, that, that obviously we've kind of talked about Brooke and, you know, is, is he not where he was defensively, offensively, uh, especially last year when he was awesome defensively. Uh, I thought certainly that one play was, was a really big one as I think when Siakam drove on him and um, not the kind of guy that you can, you can easily block and uh, Brooke made a big play there. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I, I thought, you know, especially from the, the starting group, I thought they had, uh, they had some, some good minutes and again, kind of let things slip a little bit, but um, I thought offensively, I liked what they did down the stretch for the most part. Um, I think they could have had some more, left left a few things sort of hanging there you mentioned Giannis found Drew for a layup that left hand betrayed him and <laughs> later later Drew did did get a layup in a pick and roll with Giannis and he kind of threw his hand back up at the rim and, and it's almost saying finally after uh, the Raptors called a timeout sort of mocking himself um kind of I guess Drew's equivalent of the Brooke Lopez head shake you know and Brooke hasn't been making shots um so tough night for Holiday three out of 14 seven assists though, seven points. Um, and that, that big shot late, but, um, Middleton had, you know, they worked it around really nicely to get Chris a wide open three that he buried late. Uh, and I thought Chris had some nice recognition. You mentioned Giannis, one of his turnovers late, Chris threw a really nice over the top feed that almost was an alley-oop. And then Giannis comes down with it and unfortunately got something gets it knocked away. So even some examples where, you know, they don't score. Um, they actually, I thought run the, ran their offense pretty well. And I thought, for all the zone that Toronto showed, um, I, I never really felt like the Bucks were that bothered by it. I thought, I thought the Bucks actually managed it really well and found the soft spots. And um, you know, I, I never felt like the Bucks were really struggling for offense, even though there were times where uh, Toronto shooting kind of made it feel like, oh man, we gotta we gotta make shots here because they, they were kind of piling on pressure with some of the little shooting stretches they had. All right, let's talk about RockAuto.com. Uh, the family business that's been serving auto parts customers for 20 plus years. I was driving down the highway yesterday and I saw a car on the side of the road and I was just thinking to myself that these guys, if they had just gone to rockauto.com, uh, they would probably be fine right now because uh, we know they've got everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts, tail lamps, motor roll, new carpet, whatever you need, you'll be able to find it over at rockauto.com, whether you are a complete novice when it comes to cars like me or if you are a professional, uh, they've got everything you need for whatever type of experience you have with working on cars. And best of all, the price at rockauto.com is always reliably low and the same uh, for everyone who jumps on the site. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
uh, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Milwaukee Bucks, but what, have, what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. This Raptors team is interesting, this variation of the Raptors, obviously the first time we've seen them. And when I was sort of previewing this with Justin Garcia on yesterday's show, I kind of mentioned that outside of, uh, or compared to previous seasons, obviously when they had Kawhi, but even last year when they had Ibaka and Gasol, just on paper, this team isn't really as threatening as what it once was. And I think part of that has been the struggles that Pascal Siakam has had really for an extended period of time since he he had a red-hot start to the regular season last year. His efficiency has tanked. Uh, he just Everything just seems so difficult for him. He's not getting those easy baskets that he got to start the season last year when everyone was kind of caught off guard. So the Raptors, outside of their three-point shooting, which you mentioned, which they get up 55 because it kind of felt like that was the only way they were going to be able to score. And they, they I think they were leading 47-40 to 40 in the second quarter there. And then the Bucks went on a... a sort of an extended run and really hardly uh, trailed after that. But the way the Raptors were shooting the threes, I think is interesting because uh, you've mentioned this before, Frank, uh, oftentimes we get caught in uh, the, the old trap of saying, well, the Bucks are playing the Raptors. They're giving up a lot of threes again. But really, if you go back and look at all the threes in the way that they were being shot, uh, they were kind of getting themselves freed up for these three-pointers in a number of different ways. There were some broken plays off long rebounds. There was a couple of times where uh, you know plays would go under the screen when you probably would have liked to see them go over. There was a couple of occasions where uh, you know Aaron, Brain, Aaron Baines or, or Chris Boucher would free themselves up as, as Brooke Lopez dropped back into the paint. But it wasn't the same old. The Bucks again... We're throwing different things. They were switching on some actions as well, but the Raptors were just kind of shooting the ball hot and some guys that, that hadn't shot the ball well to start this season, including, including Baines and Siakam and Terrence Davis, uh, were knocking down those threes. So outside of Norman Powell uh, and Kyle Lowry, as you mentioned, that really dropped off. Uh, at the start of the season, we had to do some predictions for uh, NBA Australia, and I actually picked Norman Powell as my sixth man of the year, because it was kind of underrated last year that he averaged over 16 points per game. But the problem was he started a lot of games because they had so many injuries. Uh, you, he always tortures the Bucks. We all, by everyone listening to this podcast knows that Norman Powell is a, is one of the chief uh, Buck killers. But this is actually his fourth straight game of 20 plus points. So he came into this one uh, in pretty good form, but certainly uh, was tough to stop. But defensively, you mentioned Tory Craig. I, you know, he came in at the 42nd mark and certainly you could probably argue that perhaps he could have come into this game a little bit earlier and gone with that small ball lineup as your closing five with Giannis at the five. And then you have uh, Chris, Dante and Drew out there as well. But Brook Lopez was playing really well and he was scoring efficiently. Uh, do you think that this is a lineup that they're going to go uh, to more often down the stretch pending on matchups? Because uh, not only did has Tory Craig come into the rotation, but this is only the second game we've seen him, and Bud was like, oh, I'm going to throw you in there for the closing minutes here. Let's close out that game. That is kind of significant. Yeah, when, when I did the 
season outlook pod with Nate Duncan, um, you know, Nate was asking, and I think, you know, like a lot of people had <laughs> big concerns about the Bucks depth and bench and the flexibility to kind of run different lineups. And, um, you know, I think we kind of settle on, I mean, my view kind of all year has been that probably the most interesting sort of different look lineup when you think about how do the Bucks combat for instance, a smaller look and get more mobile, but still maintain sort of defensive flexibility and versatility. You know, Craig at the four kind of felt like that was probably the play if you wanted to have sort of the most defensively flexible, versatile, switchable lineup. Um, so I, I think, and again, we'll see how much this is something that actually gets trotted out in the regular season. I think late in games, uh, I mean, exactly like kind of what we saw there at the very end. Um, is that something that, that Bud is going to get enough confidence to go to a, a combination of basically, you know, Drew, presumably Dante, but could be Pat or, or somebody else at the two. And then Chris, Craig, and, and Giannis. Um, you know, obviously he likes to keep Brooke out there as much as he can because Brooks really good. I mean, tonight, you know, he obviously was really good offensively, made some plays defensively, uh, but they were also struggling as we saw with those little flare screens with pick and rolls, getting Lowry coming off those. And, you know, the Raptors were, were walking into threes kind of all night. Um, and we did see Giannis switching very early. I mean, the first quarter we saw Giannis switching some pick and rolls, yeah. um, which is, is totally fine when you're doing it with Drew. Drew had, I thought that one, great sequence where they switched and Siakam posted up Drew and, and just couldn't <laughs> just get spinning anything. And spinning and spinning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but then the flip side was there were, there was, I think one or two possessions where Giannis was out there with DJ Augustine and he switched a pick and roll. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, Oh, we got DJ Augustine guarding Pascal Siakam. Or I think it was Siakam or wherever it was. And that obviously is far less of a workable situation than, than Drew holiday guarding, guarding a bigger player. So, uh, so I, I thought we saw early and, and pretty regular sort of some different, some different looks. I mean, we saw Drew Holiday in the fourth quarter. I, I'm kind of curious. He, he just hard doubled in the post and, yeah. um, uh, it wasn't on the first pass that it would force a turnover, but Dante then stole the ball, I think, or was it, was it Chris or Dante Chris, stole the yeah. ball on, on the second pass. Um, and so it's sort of just something we've talked about. It's not that the Bucks need to completely change what they do all the time. Uh, it's really about having that change up, that different look, throwing curveballs, uh, doing different things so that the other team can't just know that, okay, if we do this, they're going to do this, and this is how we, we beat it. Building in some unpredictability. And again, sometimes I wonder how much of that is, you know, Drew Holiday just improvising <laughs> versus you know, the coaching staff saying, we're going to do this and this. I mean, I think obviously Giannis is, uh, switching is obviously a premeditated thing. That's a, not just Giannis randomly freelancing out there. Uh, but at times, since they're doing different things throughout the course of the game, we still see miscommunications. Um, you know, I thought, I thought Drew, I mean, as good as he is, I mean, there was some possession. It was, I think it was Lowry's first three. I mean, Lowry walked into three, Drew didn't even put his hand up, you know, and, and there were a couple of plays where it felt like Drew didn't necessarily work as hard to get over a screen or whatever uh, than you probably would have wanted. Um, but overall, uh, you know, you look at the numbers, 106.7 rating, uh, for the Raptors tonight, you definitely can live with that. And it's, it's kind of funny cause I mean, we've been seeing, if you've been following the Raptors, you know, the, the problem for them 
last year in the playoffs, I mean, their, their issue has always been just do they have enough scoring and kind of that go-to guy. And obviously talked about the issues with Siakam and, and him having certainly at minimum growing pains or if, if not just outright being miscast as the number one option. Um, but it's funny when they played Bucks, they always seem to make enough threes that you're kind of like, well, they're not that bad offensively, right? It always feels like Kyle Lowry can pull up and hit a three right in somebody's face. So, uh, so I, I think net net uh, again, Bucks doing different things defensively, throwing some different looks out there at times, probably getting them into some trouble. Um, at times, you know, we saw Stanley Johnson get left open uh, a couple times for wide open threes. Uh, in in the last couple minutes and kind of making the bucks pay a bit with uh, with those but overall uh, you know I, I thought they acquitted themselves well and um, you know some of these closer games I think are probably good for them in in the end right because they have to they have to actually execute and and feel the pressure and as we talked about last year during the playoffs one one issue we've seen is do the bucks value possessions right do they play their offense do they get the right actions where they get their best players involved. And um, I, I thought today they did a pretty good job of that down the stretch, uh, making sure that, you know, they got some quality looks out of, out of the possessions in the last few minutes. All right, let's talk about betonline.ag now and uh, our great sponsors of the show. And we've already mentioned the Bucks beat the Raptors 115-108 tonight. I, I looked at betonline.ag pregame. The line was at three for this game. So the Bucks cleared that. If you had gone to betonline.ag, you could have won some money. So make sure you get on there and check out those odds if, uh, if you are into that type of thing because there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And then, while you're perusing betonline.ag, you may as well do so with a built bar in your hand because it is the best tasting protein bar ever made. We've had personal endorsements from Frank Madden, from Justin Garcia. The hosts on this show love Built Bar. Don't just take my word for it, but uh, jump on the website at builtbar.com. Check out the 18 amazing flavors they have. Uh, find out about losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat because the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Uh, and we've got a deal for you that uh, you really can't ignore. Just go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at billbar.com. On the Rejecting the Screen podcast, hosts Adam Stenko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two part special. Part two is up today with more stories about Kobe's intense competitive drive, his feud with Shaq, and the love he had for his teammates. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, one random stat uh, that just we kind of discussed before we started recording, but zero fast break points for the Raptors is just kind of wild. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how often that has happened, but uh, it's certainly something that stood out to me, and particularly because the Bucks actually still uh, won the offensive rebounding battle of 14-10. to 10. Uh, Again, that man, Torrey Craig, I thought was really hustling hard for the offensive rebounds. He only got uh, credited with two there, but uh, he was always uh, thereabouts couple of other incidents from this game. Dante nearly got his head taken off 
uh, by Kyle Lowry. He was assessed uh, a flagrant one, and the pool report did come out uh, from the officials uh, after the game, which is basically just if there's any kind of uh, controversial decisions or something that needs explaining from the referees, someone from the media is allowed to go and uh, ask the officials about that. Uh, the the explanation from the officials was uh, was this. It says, as Dante was driving to the basket, Kyle, in an effort to swing at the ball, he swung up, hitting Dante in the face. Uh, that's fact. Uh, we deemed the contact was unnecessary but not excessive, which would have been a flagrant foul penalty too. Uh, I, I'm not sure I totally agree, just looking at Dante's face in the minutes after that, that it wasn't excessive force with that hit to the face. It wasn't really anywhere near uh, the ball leader. So I would question that a little bit. And Kyle Lowry, uh, listen, he's got a history of being able to smile these things off and be the good guy and apologize. But it does happen relatively frequently with this guy. It's funny. I, I So I've, I've been watching this season. Uh, I have League Pass via the app. I don't have it via my cable subscriber and I'm, my, my cable subscription. And I feel I'm kind of torn on this because League Pass let's be honest, has a reputation for kind of sucking and <laughs> the interface isn't great. And so I was a couple minutes behind for a lot of these, the games. So I would, you know, as, as they went to breaks, things like that, I would fast forward. And I actually totally missed, I mean, I saw the original foul, but when it happened live, I didn't, I didn't catch the kind of violence behind it. And then when I did the quick fast forward, um, it took me to Dante shooting free throws by himself. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, so I, I didn't, and I didn't see the, uh, I saw the, the pictures floating around on Twitter of him on the bench looking like a prize fighter that had just, you know, gotten knocked out or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it was obviously glad he, he ended up being okay. And it was pretty actually that was that, was that, did he have his, his big facial dunk? Was that earlier yeah, just in the before game? That. Was that? It was like the yeah, possession before. before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it all happened like kind of bang, bang, bang. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Dante kind of was, was shooting blanks from three tonight, but, uh, obviously did, did make some other plays in, in this game. Um, 0 for five from three, eight points on nine shots. Not great. Um, but, uh, did have a couple steals and, um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'll be curious. I think he's still at 44% from three coming into this game. And <laughs> I think we've all been wondering, you know, how, how long is it going to stay at that level? Um, Certainly the some floor? of the that's the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um at one one shout out, uh Bryn Forbes, eleven yeah. points on eight shots tonight, hit three out hit three triples. Um plus eleven was the only bench guy who, who actually had a positive uh, plus minus, I thought. Um, you know, him and Giannis, I think, continue to show a nice little chemistry playing that kind of two man reverse pick and roll action at the top of the key. He got Giannis got him for just a wide open three. Um, I think it was it early in the fourth quarter, I think. Uh, and you know, his steal, um, for, it's kind of interesting cause I, I have, I have big concerns about DJ Augustine and his defense and sort of, you know, how he fits into a playoff rotation. I have concerns about Portis and his defense. Um, Forbes, uh, I mean, he's not a good defender, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm more comfortable about him having a, a role in the playoffs. I think, you know, especially in the bench units probably being able to hide him uh, and you give him credit. I mean, he actually made a, a nice defensive play in the fourth quarter um, when the Raptors were, were kind of trying to work the ball inside. He ended up kind of ducking in for a, a steal 
uh, that on on some health defense that was actually a, a pretty big play as, as the kind of Bucks were again keeping the Raptors at at arm's length. So nice nice contribution from Forbes as uh, certainly his shooting was needed to uh, help offset some of the hot shooting from uh, the Raptors on the other side. So um, yeah, that's that's about. But it's it's interesting. Craig's been interesting because. I guess I'm just returning to him real quick. I think, um, you know, he had, it's not like his, I think I was looking at his numbers. Uh, and again, it's, it, there's always some subjectivity to this, but his first year in Denver, he did get categorized as playing a fair bit of four last year. He was categorized as basically playing all two and three minutes. And, um, so I was a little curious to sort of actually watch him and see, you know, is he a guy that is, I mean, is he more as a, a big wing undersized four? Is he better as a, you know, kind of bigger guy who can actually defend, you know, wings and, and smaller, uh, you know, like two guards and things like that. And so it's been interesting seeing him that his first really meaningful action has been coming in and, and taking that backup four spot. Um, because I think on the one hand, as I was saying, I think it's the most interesting position for him in a lot of ways, because the different look it gives you from a lineup perspective, but it, it's really sort of taken him out of the role of, of really being a spot up shooter. I mean, I think he's been, you know, screening and rolling and um, you know, he got a nice, his, his only bucket tonight was off uh, a nice pass from Giannis along the, the inside. So, I mean, he's been in that kind of dunker spot. It feels like in a lot of his minutes so far. So he hasn't really even had to space out to the three point line, which might not be a bad thing. Cause I mean, he's what 32, 33% career shooter. It's not like he's a, he's a great three point shooter. So that that's, uh, one of these things I, I'm going to be curious to kind of continue to watch. And obviously if, if you put him in spots where he's not even really having to shoot a lot of threes, that's probably not a bad thing just because again, if you can hide it effectively, he's uh, it's not, I would not, I'd say he can be adequate, but certainly not a guy that, that you would say, Hey, let, we've got to get him the ball through pointless so we can start bombing away. So, um, so yeah, nice to see Craig out there. And um, I don't know, I guess we're going to have to start like, Thinking of finding new things to complain about rotation wise now that Tory Craig is playing, I guess, huh? Well, Pat Connor is not shooting the three very well, Frank. Um, that might be the one that we go to. I I don't want I feel like this is a complete uh nully conversation, so I don't want to dive too deeply into it. But you were just mentioning those positional breakdowns. Uh, cleaning the glass had Tory Craig only seven percent of his minutes in twenty eighteen at the four, eleven percent in twenty nineteen, five percent last year. So he's been predominantly a three or a two. I, I do think the interesting thing is when you put him out there with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, uh, then you have size and we know Drew's been able to certainly defend up. So you can actually still put Torrey Craig on those twos and threes anyway in those lineups. There's just so much versatility there. So I think that's why uh, it's intriguing at least. Uh, and hopefully uh, we see a bit more of that as we go on. The only last thing I wanted to bring up, uh, Giannis, eight for 14 from the free throw line. I don't know whether you caught any of this uh, post game uh, from the game against Atlanta, or I saw your tweet. Yeah, I saw me, you're tweeting about it. Yeah, and Eric and myself sort of touched on it a couple of nights ago, where uh, Giannis was kind of thrown off by uh, counting the opposition bench, counting one, two, three, four, five, six, and then uh, trying to draw a, a, a ten second violation on Giannis at the free throw line. Uh, that was happening again during the game, and Giannis post game a couple of days ago was like, oh, I didn't really like it. I thought it was supposed to be a technical foul and sort of seemed really bothered by that. And Eric and myself said, this might be something he's going to see every game now because he's publicly acknowledged this. Uh, Post-game tonight, Giannis 
I changed direction completely and said, oh, I thought it was a tech, but I was wrong. Uh, but they can keep doing it. It doesn't really bother me. But the cat's kind of already out of the bag. But uh, as we suspected, uh, there's going to be counting and distractions and whatnot that are going to keep coming for him. But uh, 8 for 14 tonight. Yeah, and I mean, I think I posted the other night in – actually, I don't know if it was RDM thread or another one I was talking, but, you know, the, the NBA rule book says you, if you're in the game, you're not allowed to, like, raise your arms or, or make yeah. noise to try to distract the free throw shooter, but it uh, doesn't appear to apply to the bench, which in a normal scenario might not be noticeable yeah. just because of ambient noise and crowds and things like that, but uh, with no crowd, there's obviously not a lot of – uh, other noise in in the building so yeah i mean you'll just we'll just have to see I, I mean i thought it was funny that he was basically having the ref wait to give him the ball so he could do his his deep breaths before he got yeah. the ball uh, <laughs> so it was like, he was basically circumventing the 10 second rule by by doing his part of his routine before he actually got the ball so um i don't know i mean again it's just so much so much variance sort of game to game um but, uh, I mean, the irony was last year he shot better on the road than he did at home. He was like, yeah. I think 68%, 67% on the road, 60% at home. So it doesn't seem like crowd noise or that type of distraction from a road crowd where it actually bothers him. And weirdly, maybe he just needs, needs some of that. Certainly didn't look comfortable in the bubble without any noise. So again, just same old, same old, same, you know, same shit, different day from the free throw line for Giannis. And, um, you know, we just kind of have to keep watching. I do, I will say one thing I, I, and I saw somebody, there was a post on YouTube about this, like one of these, like, you know, biomechanics things. And, um, I thought it was an interesting thing that was pointed out was, you know, when, yeah, if you kind of watch it, I mean, he, he's still doing it. Um, you know, he, he straightens his legs before he sort of really does his, sh his shooting motion. And so, that's one thing that's kind of been pointed out is, and I think it, it could explain sort of why he misses short so often because like basically his legs and his arm motion are really not sort of in rhythm. Um, and again, I haven't looked at old footage of him shooting free throws or something like that. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, Oh, I've diagnosed the problem. <laughs> I mean, I think it's largely a mental thing because all this stuff in a lot of ways comes down to how much you're having to think about, <laughs> think about what you're doing. Um, and my thing also is look, guys with ugly form there are lots of guys with with weird form that can be pretty decent free throw shooters i don't think your form really you know precludes you or uh or, or whatever from being a good free throw shooter i mean you just sort of find something that works and you get a rhythm and you just keep doing it right um so no I, i'm not gonna sit here and tell you like there's no way he can be a good free throw shooter if, if he keeps doing this um you know i think it's largely a mental thing but um again he's got now two shooting coaches on the <laughs> on the staff uh and uh, nobody's nobody seems to be able to obviously get him over the hump but i think at the end of the day it's between his ears that probably this is going to have to be solved and um you know he started bat poorly last year as well before improving over the course of the season so you can only hope it happens again but obviously even last year you know he improved all the way up to 63 percent which is is bad so uh, yeah, I, I was actually, I was actually curious. I, in this in a kind of late, you know, not, not lately, but I, I was a little curious if at some point, if we see a le just a legitimate hacker, Giannis, um, and you know, he wasn't, he wasn't on ball. So he wasn't, he wasn't on the ball as much, obviously in the late, late possessions. 
So you couldn't just grab them easily doing that. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely curious if we see that at some point this season, just given how this has been going. And especially if, you know, in a situation where the Bucks are leading by six, seven points with a few minutes left, will a team roll the dice that, that he just can't keep things together from the free throw line? Yep, certainly uh, wouldn't shock me if that was the case in some of these games. And that's why it's also fascinating to see the ball not in his hands as much uh, in these late game situations as well as the, the Bucks are, are running their late half-court offense. But they did hold on in a pretty fun game, 115-108 over the Toronto Raptors tonight. And, uh, well, the Bucks are 11-6. and six. They're second in the East. They could have been on top, but our old friend Tobias Harris just shot over Alex Caruso. What a late-game matchup. Lakers and the Sixers are on the floor. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, and we've got Tobias Harris uh, going one-on-one at Alex Caruso. Who would have thought? But anyway, the Sixers beat the Lakers. They're on top uh, as it currently stands. But the Bucks have got a weekend back-to-back coming up. I'll be back on the show on Friday. Uh, Frank, uh, always a pleasure. Likewise, sir. Looking forward to the next thousand. <laughs> yes, episode 1003, I guess. This is basically the celebration, Frank. I, I've already claimed it was my fault for not being able to get up the other day. But uh, obviously, uh, we were trying to do the calculations I think this is actually episode 350 for me by myself. So we can celebrate that if you like. Uh, you're probably, uh, who knows, 900 or something stupid like that. Well, my, yeah, my, my count has not been rising as, as quickly since, since you joined, since I've just been taking a lot of nights off. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll claim 1,000, uh, you know, since, since we don't really have any of the, the actual accounting behind it. Yeah, I I don't have enough time to go through and do that. But anyway, we are on the road to 2,000 episodes here. Uh, Like I said, we will be back tomorrow. Uh, Make sure you check out that episode as we look ahead to a back-to-back. For Frank and myself, stay safe. We'll speak to you guys then.